Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Rick Jay and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Cary, North Carolina. Today is, let's go ahead and everybody unmute. Today is Monday, August 15th, 2022. We are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter, There is a Solution on page 21, the second paragraph, the ninth sentence, beginning with, he has a positive genius for getting tight at exactly the wrong moment. And reading through the end of the paragraph on page 22, then he begins to appear at hospitals and sanitariums. Today's readers are Betty in the 12 Steps, Joni C. The 12 Traditions. Our big book readers are Renee A. in the text, Craig F. on page 164, and Marjo is our backup reader. Our newcomer greeter is Chrissy O., and our second hour moderator is Ross G. The share ID for Sunday, August 14th, 2022, is 19,294. Away preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. Overeaters Anonymous is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. At a vision for you big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Betty Ann to read the 12 steps. Good morning, this is Betty Ann in Florida, a grateful Compulsive Overeater, the 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Well, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters 
and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. I Thank you, Betty. I will now ask Joni C. to read the 12 traditions. Joni C., go ahead and hit star one to unmute. Joni C. from Minnesota, gratefully recovered but not cured. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks, and have a great day, everyone. Thank you, Joni. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share. Let's go ahead and hit star one to unmute everybody. Sorry. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, at the end of which I will give you a gentle reminder. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To, press, to share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter, There is a Solution, on page 21, the second paragraph, the ninth sentence, beginning with, he has a positive genius for getting tight at exactly the wrong moment, 
and reading through to the end of the paragraph on page 22, then he begins to appear at hospitals and sanitariums. I will now ask Renee A. to begin reading. Good morning. Renee A. recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He has a positive genius for getting tight at exactly the wrong moment, particularly when some important decision must be made or engagement kept. He is often perfectly sensible and well-balanced concerning everything except liquor, but in that respect, he is incredibly dishonest and selfish. He often possesses special abilities, skills, and aptitudes, and has a promising career ahead of him. He uses his gifts to build up a bright outlook for his family and himself, and then pulls the structure down on his head by a senseless series of sprees. He is the fellow who goes to bed so intoxicated he ought to sleep the clock around. Yet early next morning, he searches madly for the bottle he misplaced the night before. If he can afford it, he may have liquor concealed all over his house to be certain no one gets his entire supply away from him to throw down the waste pipe. As matters grow worse, he begins to use a combination of high-powered sedative and liquor to quiet his nerves so he can go to work. Then comes the day when he simply cannot make it and gets, gets drunk all over again. Perhaps he goes to a doctor who gives him morphine or some sedative with which to taper off. Then he begins to appear at hospitals and sanitariums. So um, as I was reading that, um, that the rest of that paragraph and just thinking about what I wanted to share today, um, you know, it reminds me of the opening paragraph in the AA 12 and 12. It says, it's truly awful to admit that glass in hand, we have warped our minds into such an obsession for destructive drinking that only an act of providence can remove it from us. You know, this whole paragraph, and I could dig down into the details of it, but I won't, because this whole paragraph just lays out the baffling nature of our disease. Um, our disease makes absolutely no sense. I don't know about you guys, but to me, it made no sense, and I was the person that was doing it. I can't imagine what it looked like to somebody on the outside. Um, this disease is just confusing. Um, and the other thing that I want to talk about today is not only is it confusing and baffling, but there is a really dark and very destructive element involved in our disease um, it's, uh, you know, that, that, uh, that quote, that obsession for destructive drinking, or for me, the obsession for destructive eating just completely took me over. Um, there's a compulsion in my disease that forces me to eat when I don't really want to. Um, I, at the end of my disease, I, I had absolutely no desire to overeat anymore um, a lot of times, but I could not drive past my favorite place to get binge food without that voice in my head saying, pull over. And, you know, I, I cried so many times because I just, I didn't want to eat anymore. But the thing is, there's a compulsion in me that moves me to self-destruction. Um, and it doesn't make any sense to me. I couldn't figure it out. I spent years in therapy trying to figure all of that 
that out. But I'll tell you what I found for myself is I found that this disease is so confusing and baffling. I really can't figure it out. Years of therapy and all kinds of introspection didn't make any sense of it. But what I, what I did find out was when I took the energy that I was wasting on trying to figure this thing out <clears throat> and I put that energy into my recovery, then I started to get better. Then uh, there was, a, there was um, a loving God that pulled the curtain back and let the light into my life. And what I found was <clears throat> that when I let the light in, the darkness just, just left. Um, so so um, today I'm very, very grateful for these steps and for the action. Thanks, a reminder. Thanks Rick. Um, and just for the action steps that <clears throat> that we're shown how to do in this book, because that is the action that will let the light in and will cause the darkness to flee. And so I'm just very grateful to be here. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you for getting us started, Renee. Before we get our first group of names, just a reminder that although we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Please give me your first name only and the first initial of your last name. Who would like to share on what was read today? Barbara E. Kim A. Kim A. Elena C. Elena C. Stephanie R. Stephanie R. Blanca B. G. Blanca B. G. You guys are taking it easy on me today. Anybody else in the first group? All right, we'll go ahead and get started. Uh, so we have Barbara E, Kim A, Alana C, Stephanie R, and Blanca BG. Barbara, you're up first, followed by Kim A. Go ahead, Barbara. Good, meal. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for your service. I. Barbara, you need to hit star one to... Uh, Unmute yourself again. I thought I was unmuted. Well, once again, thank you so much for your service. I really appreciate you um, for doing it. And that first share really said it all for me. I could say I'll just have what she's having, but naturally I'll put my own three and a half cents in. I can relate so much to what was read because when I think of all the family events, the tests in college, the outings with my children that I missed because I'd gorged myself so much on food the night before that I couldn't even imagine getting out of the house. I didn't even think I could fit in the clothes because I could easily gain 10 pounds in a weekend. That was a snap for me. So I relate to missing important events, and that was horribly, horribly cruel for my family. 
but I am so grateful that there is a solution and it's to what's in this book and I have to follow all the actions, not 90%, but 100%, because for me, abstinence is where my recovery begins and recovery is the food I need to reach for. And that's where my insanity ends and serenity begins. So I have to think, am I calling other members? Am I getting to meetings? Seven days without a meeting makes me weak. Am I praying daily to a God I'm not sure is there, but I know it's not me? Am I working the steps? Am I asking every day to make me willing? Step two is so very important for me. And when I'm tempted to go to the food, I ask this God to help me reach for more recovery instead. I, I am I sponsoring, know, sponsoring and knowing that not all people will recover and accepting it's not about me if they leave because that would be my ego edging God out. It's up to them recover. And I too need to recover every single day because it's so easy to rest on one's laurels and add just a little of this and a little of that. I know I've done it. I wake up an addict every single morning and and if I'm not in the obituaries, I ask my higher power to join me downstairs in the kitchen for a cup of coffee and a prayer. And I ask God, that I'm still not sure is there, what his plan is for me today. Because two things I, thank you. Two things I know for sure. There's a higher power and it's not me. And I heard a rabbi once, um, I heard a man once ask a rabbi, where is God? And the rabbi said, wherever you are. Thank you, I pass. Thank you, Barbara. Kim A., you're up next, followed by Alana C. Go ahead, Kim. Thanks. This is Kim A. in New York City. Um, This paragraph really shows us the insanity of what happens when we take that first bite. Right, because we know that we're powerless after we take that first compulsive bite. But it also shows us that second part of step one, the unmanageability, how we have these minds that we can't manage the ability to not take that first compulsive bite. The whole reason that we go to food is because we're uncomfortable, right? We're seeking ease and comfort, which doesn't always make sense in the moment actually it never makes sense in the moment and even looking back i know when i first really started to understand um how my mind played a part in this illness i would say well then why would i go to food when i'm happy why would i take that first bite when i'm excited you know what it doesn't really matter why all i have to understand is that i was just so uncomfortable all the time that my mind It was like just my go-to. It was just how I managed my life. So even when I didn't want to eat, you know, thinking about that first share, even when I didn't want to eat, I may have desperately not wanted to take that first bite, but yet my mind would always lead lead me back. And so 
understanding the nature of this problem really explains why the solution works so well. Because for me, the solution isn't about having a food plan or weighing and measuring or having red light foods or any of that. For me, the solution is just doing, working the steps, um, working the steps with my recovered sponsor so that now my solution doesn't have to be food. Food was never my problem. Food was my solution. So when I would try to use my willpower to follow a food plan or to follow a diet or to stop eating sugar or whatever it was, I would become gradually more uncomfortable, I mean, not consciously, so that I would eventually have to pick up that food when I didn't have a program to work to bring me ease and comfort. So now if I'm living in steps 10, 11, and 12, and I have that conscious contact with God throughout the day, what's my next right thought? What's my next right action? Because my mind is the one that always leads me to take that first bite. So I can't trust my mind to navigate me through the world, right? Because I'm not cured. I just have this daily reprieve. My mind is always kind of a little cockeyed, right? So if I'm always tapping into that power greater than me, whatever that power may be, even if I don't understand that power, it's going to help me navigate through the world. It's going to keep me less uncomfortable, and it's going to give me a real solution in steps 10, 11, and 12. Kim, for a reminder? Asking, thanks. I'll, I'll wrap up with that. This is Kim A. in New York City. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Kim. All right, Alana C., you're up next, followed by Stephanie R. Go ahead, Alana. Good morning. It's Elena. That's Kim. Um, oh, hey, thank uh, you, right? Elena. Thank you. <laughs> okay, well, good morning, Rick. Thank you for moderating, and um, I am so glad to be here this morning. My name is Elena C., uh, gratefully recovered compulsive overeating from Greenville, South Carolina, originally from Romania. So um, it was a very powerful paragraph for me because I um, was thinking about the polarized, um, the polarized um, dynamic of this, our condition and my condition. It's like, and the polarization stays in the fact that, you know, I can, I could be before this program, I could be connected with my our, higher power. I could be very sensitive. I had a lot of gifts, you know. And then when I was away from my higher power due to my condition, I was into my character defect. And just like this paragraph says, you know, he uses his gifts to build up bright outlook for his family. Then he pulls the structure down on his head by a senseless series of sprees. Okay, so, and in my situation where other behaviors, not necessarily related to compulsive overeating, but related to the fact that I was so far away from my higher power, um, such as, you know, reactivity, um, resentment, um, like being spiteful, um, impatience, and so forth, you know, and what, um, what is beautiful today What's beautiful today is that, like and like other people, uh, the Barbara was saying that I wake up an addict and it's every day, and it's true. But what's beautiful today is that I have you guys, and what you taught me is absolutely amazing. You taught me that I have choices, 
And so if I wake up addict every day, which I do, what I need to do is I need to use these amazing tools that you are talking about to reconnect with my amazing and powerful higher power. And my higher power is there. I have to turn towards him or her, but he's always there taking care of me. And I had no idea, no idea in my religion, upbringing, which I did not belong to. I didn't feel like I belonged to that. That was possible. Um, And I am so grateful today for that simple fact. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Oh, perfect timing, Elena. Thank you. And Stephanie R., you're up next, followed by Blanca BG. Go ahead, Stephanie. Hi, this is Stephanie R. Thank you, Rick, for your service. I am so very grateful to be here today. I I really needed to claim my seat and say that I am um, truly in the right place at the right time. This past weekend has been a little bit rough for me. I was really getting to a um, place of jealousy and feeling that shame that I had not planned better for my um, retirement that I would like to do in three and a half years and comparing myself to my other friends. And my my mind went to from a place of serenity to a place of just not that complete um, darkness that I was when I was in my disease, but I was feeling very disconnected from my program and from the people I do my outreach from. But God was always there. God was always with me. And I had that that sense of connection that I needed to use my tools and do the steps. And even though I was going through the motions, I was beginning to feel that there was going to be some sanity and serenity return. And I did do outreach calls. And that one person said that one thing that just clicked and the shame of the compulsive overeating really came to um, my awareness that I truly had the choice to return to that behavior or turn to God and ask for uh, this particular uncomfortable feeling to be lifted and for me to go ahead and understand that I may have these feelings but I don't have to act on them. And today I come to you with just a sense of, serenity and peace and acceptance that I am an addict, these feelings may pop up, but recovery is something that I have to actively work at. And today I choose to do that, and I'm so very grateful that I was able to get onto this meeting and say thank you all for helping me through that time and that I have a sense of serenity again today. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Stephanie R. Blanca BG, you're up next, and then we'll get some more names. Go ahead, Blanca. Hello. May I be heard? Yes, you may. Thank you uh, very much. Um, Thank you for your service, and thank you, everyone on the line. Um, I'd like to piggyback a little on something that was said earlier by that someone shared so eloquently, and that was um, how this disease uh, pretty much it has legs, you know, almost. I Sometimes I say that jokingly, but it really does. And uh, for me in my life, it's become almost like another, almost like another person, you know, like 
that that wants to kill me because uh that's why this paragraph is so profound to me it this disease it 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 just it's on your back and there will be times myself that I won't want to to overeat but I must and I think that's the most terrifying thing about addiction is that we don't want to but we have to we must it's a it's a very very powerful powerful source um you know i know that um we i don't understand it i know science is still still spends millions on trying to find trying to find out the cure you know they're they're taking mris of addicts brains and a normal person's brain which i happen to see on the show and we know that there's definitely a difference between the addict brain and the norm, so-called not normal, non-addictive brain. The addictive brain was lit up like a like a neon sign in red. And so, the fact that it is it is definitely out to kill me this disease, and I know that, and I must be on guard at all times. And. Uh, However, through the grace of the program, I am I am not terrified of it anymore because I can find a way out. Perhaps not a cure, but certainly a, a, a way to manage it and continue to live life every day. I pass. All right. Thank you so much, Blanca BG. Before we continue with our second group of names, we are in the chapter, There is a Solution, on page 21. The second paragraph, the ninth sentence, beginning with, he has a positive genius for getting tight at exactly the moment. And we're reading through the end of the paragraph on page 22. Then he begins to appear at hospitals and sanitariums. And though we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that you others might share their experience too. Who else would like to share today? Cheryl, Lisa J.R. Jasmine S. from Virginia. Rizka R. in Baltimore. Cheryl A. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. All right, so in that first little group of names, the ones that have already given me your name, I, I got Jasmine and then there was a, a little name not there. I didn't quite, and then I think Daryl, but go ahead. and um, Jasmine, there was two other. Nadia women. E. Who else? Who Lisa J.R. Okay, Lisa J.R. and the other one? Nadia E. Nadia E., okay. And then uh, was it Daryl? I thought I heard a Daryl or, okay. Who else would like to share? You heard Cheryl, Rick. Rivka R. in Baltimore. Oh, Cheryl. Thank you. Rivka, did you get Rivka? I keep saying my name. I don't know if. Hello? Oh, no, I, I just heard it there. What was your name again? Rivka R. in Baltimore. Okay, well, I'm struggling this morning, guys. Thanks for your patience. All right, anybody else? All right, well, uh, we're going to go with who we have, and then we'll, if we have time for more, we'll get more. All right, um, and I didn't quite get the initials on everybody, so when you introduce yourselves, please include the first initial of your last name and your state. Jasmine, you're up next, followed by Lisa. Go ahead, Jasmine. 
hello. Um, this is Jasmine S. from Virginia. Um, I just wanted to share that this this paragraph reminds me and just this being in this disease really, um, it's very deceiving. And I experienced it, you know, almost on a daily basis, but specifically, or I guess not daily, but um, when specifically when you're in events with other people and especially when the weight loss happens and you're in this program and you're doing everything the way that you're supposed to and giving it to God and things are happening, that in itself deceives me personally. Like I, I feel like I can justify everyone else's eating something that's on my red light list of foods and it's, oh, you know, my disease tells me you can have a little bite of it and it's okay. It's okay. You're good, you know? And I have to constantly remind myself and look to my higher power for the strength and the wisdom that that's not the truth. That's not the truth. And I am so grateful for the tools that this program has and the people that have been placed in my life and the power that I am able to tap into because of my God. And I just wanted to share that. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much, Jasmine. Lisa, Jr. you're up next, followed by Nadi. Go ahead, Lisa. Hey, you're doing a great job, moderator. Lisa, Jr. here from outside Baltimore, Maryland. So grateful, grateful for this meeting because it really was instrumental in helping me return to the miracle state of my inner child. Um, I love this paragraph because it described the way I lived in the end. In my disease, I call myself an uh, all-anon and an alcoholic because I could warp anything that was pleasurable into an addiction um, through the years. Uh, My magical magnifying mind mandated me to look for a sense of ease and comfort. Um, doing the work, reaching out for that flimsy uh, reed that proved to be the loving hand of God, um, and and doing, rowing the shore, rowing, having to do something, um, you know, that was God-inspired, um, I was able to get recovered from this horrible, um, horrible thing, but it's a, it's a daily reprieve, and what an opening, uh, what a lead this morning. Um, you know, she uh, very eloquently covered all the bases. Um, but that, that mind of mine um, could, could warp, magnify. I was, um, you know, destroyed relationships because I knew, I knew there was a, um, overwhelming, I was dominated by shame and guilt. And it was an horrible cycle and I was fixated on you know fixing myself and finding out what was the core of my problem you know analysis paralysis and I wasn't doing any rowing so yes I wake up an addict every day I have a 24-hour stay of execution Um, thank you God that if I live in fit spiritual condition if I continue to um, do the rowing, uh, chop wood and carrying water, um, I'm going to be okay. And I can face the things that I used to obsess over, things that were 
unpleasant. We're, we're never going to have it, uh, you know, unicorns and sunshine. But, you know, with our hand and our higher power's hand, you know, my God gets me through the worst of it and the best of it without having to put my face in the feed tub. And with that, I'll pass. All right. Thank you so much, Lisa J.R. Nadia, you're up next, followed by Cheryl. Go ahead, Nadia. I am now unmuted. Hello, family. Um, so it's Nadia E. in Toronto, Canada. And I just, this uh, reading made me remember when I was still in university and um, we were invited to some social event and my husband really wanted, or at the time, my boyfriend really wanted to go. Um, and then I, I knew that he would forget the date. So I let that date go by and then said, oh, by the way, we were supposed to, we we didn't end up going, whatever. So that was me calculating, restricting, um, you know, trying to take control because I would feel uncomfortable. I would be socially uncomfortable if I had gone to this event. And, you know, so the thing about being lit at the wrong time well, that was me being unlit or whatever. I just, it just reminded me of that horrible. And he was really, he was disappointed. So it's not that I'm only hurting myself when I try to control and manipulate. I'm hurting other people. And so I need to remember, um, you know, that I need to make daily living amends um, to the people who, who suffer from my, um, my insanity, my trying to control. And same with, you know, just I, I'm, I'm recovered, but I am, I am not cured. I like that. I like reminding myself that I am recovered in these 24 hours, but I am not cured. I need to work this program. And, um, you know, I received a, a turnaround yesterday from, one of my sponsees, and I thought, oh, like, I can't, I, I, there's nothing, I can't do anything. But God doesn't want me to do anything. God wants me to, well, okay, so I need to listen. I need to share my experience, strength, and hope. And that is it. And then I just let God do his handiwork. Um, yeah, so anyway, so thank you so much for being there for being of service today and with that I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much Nadia E. Cheryl A. You're up next followed by Rivka R. Go ahead Cheryl. Good morning everyone. Good morning Rick. Um, This is Cheryl A. Recovered compulsive overeater in Brooklyn, Massachusetts. Currently in, in route to New York. Rick, if I, there's any weird feedback, let me know. I'm on um, a Bluetooth that sometimes doesn't work well. Um, I uh, was thinking, triggered by someone who spoke previously, about our disease and about the reading and about just how awful it can get and about the tendency that I have to make it a big moral issue. Why in the world? Does with this disease, things come along with a period of time where I just don't realize 
this is not a big moral issue. Over the last year, I've had the opportunity to learn some of the neuroscience of addiction. And when that person earlier was referring to the brains working differently, it really, truly does. I was blown away to see how dopamine gets released in an addict differently, how the different parts of the brain really do function differently. Sometimes I think that science um, can help bridge understanding so that I stop taking that darn sledgehammer to my head. But, well, why do I work that way? I don't have to. I don't have to any more than a diabetic needs to beat themselves up for their sugars not functioning properly. I do need some overrides to my system, though, and I'm so grateful I have 12 steps to teach me how to live. I also have the override that I need to recover now, right? Because there's a journey, there's a process, there's 12 steps, there's not immediate one step, boom, I'm done. Life teaches me that things happen. The stones get chipped away over years and it forms something beautiful. And that's what's happening to me too. And it has happened. Miracles have happened in my life I cannot explain other than the fact that for 34 years I just keep showing up. And I don't even know why. I, I, for me, step one and all that comes before the work is the deepest possible knowing that this is who I am. And this is steps one, two, three. Then I get to work chipping away at my stone to form what God had always intended me to be that I somehow cannot achieve on my own. I just can't. I got that system created a certain way that I will abuse myself if I don't work 12 steps and bring a God into my life and the power of my community. And for that knowledge and for that concession to myself, I am so grateful and continue to be willing and so filled with joy to journey with you all one day at a time. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Cheryl A. Rivka R., you're up next, and we'll take some more names. Go ahead, Rivka. Hi, um, Rivka um, R. in uh, Baltimore, gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for your shares. They're so powerful and so wonderful. Uh, I love this paragraph uh, because it's so me. Actually, the, probably the only thing that's not so me is when it says um, – that I would, I would be perfectly sensible and well-balanced concerning everything except food. I don't think that's on me, um, because without God, I don't think I'm perfectly sensible and well-balanced about anything, because I, I tell myself a lot of lies um, about how inadequate and, uh, you know, um, what a disappointment I am. So that I need God's restoration to sanity. But, uh, you know, certainly the part about, um, you know, positive genius for uh, getting tight exactly the wrong moment, um, especially when a, a decision must be made or engagement kept. Um, and, and that was me all through my life. So I even, you know, when I was in college many, many years ago, um, you know, I was been so badly before a dance concert I was performing and that, that my stomach spasmed and I was in so much pain I almost ended up in the hospital instead of on the stage. Um, I was also, you know, the person who been so badly before I was to record a CD that that I had spent a year preparing for and 
a lot of money, um, and I burned my throat from vomiting, not because I'm bulimic, but because my body simply couldn't handle the volume of food that I've shoved that I'd shoved down it, and it just just spontaneously started rejecting it. Um, and so there was no, you know, it, it, it was there was no sanity whatsoever because my my brain was like the person just shared. My brain signals are not the same as a normal person; they're completely mixed up. Like, you know, I live with a normal person who stops eating when they're they're full, and my I have the opposite, you know, uh, reaction to food. So there was there was no value at all in in, in how I ate, and this whole thing about value came really. Um, thank, th- crashing down this this past um, uh, weekend. I mean, thank God I've been, you know, working programmed since I got back in December 25th, 2020, and a relationship with my higher power has been developing in a way that I didn't experience the 30 years before that. And I'm, I'm 67 now, and I just thank God that He's allowing this to unfold in my life now. So something came up, which I, you know, finally got ready to deal with, which was a core belief that I'm just a disappointment. That was this this belief, and I couldn't dislodge it. And I, you know, no matter who I talked with about, and I just, you know, people, you know, there was I, I needed a higher power to to dislodge this core belief about myself. Um, because even though I have a beautiful family and a wonderful love, because I just couldn't dislodge this core belief that I'm a disappointment. Gentle reminder. Oh, thanks. Okay, so I'm just finished with this. I I went to God with it, and He gave me such a beautiful thing to focus on, which is that not to evaluate, not to devalue, but just to value. And thank God I can value my life today um, with with my higher power, with with program. And thank you so much, everybody, for being there. Thanks. Bye bye. Thank you so much, Rivgar. Okay, we'll take a few more names. We're on page 21, the second paragraph, the ninth sentence, beginning with he has a positive genius for getting tied at exactly the wrong moment, and we're reading through to the end of that paragraph on page 22. Although we value all your experiences, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Who else would like to share? Elizabeth. Mary F. Okay, so I heard Elizabeth. Was it Mary uh, and then Mary? Mary F. Mary F. and Elizabeth D. B. Okay, gotcha. Anybody else? We got some room here. Matthew G. Matthew G. And we'll do one more for now. Okay, we'll go ahead with these three, and then we'll see where we're at. Uh, Elizabeth B., you're up next, followed by Mary F. Go ahead, Elizabeth. Elizabeth B., hit star one to unmute. Appreciate it. (laughs) I thought I was. Um, Thank you so much for moderating this meeting. This is my first uh, OA meeting. I am... Got this number through a contact at another uh, fellowship. Um, and I just wanted to claim my seat and just say how grateful I am to be here and thank everyone for uh, their shares. And um, I do love this paragraph. 
out of the big book and the talk about how confusing it all is is uh and then this uh self-destructive darkness is just where where, what i've been thinking about for some time so i appreciate all of you thank you i hope everyone has a great day oh thank you elizabeth b mary f you're up next followed by matthew g go ahead mary okay um hi this is mary f uh from virginia currently in pennsylvania and um i just wanted to call today um because I'm afraid to call today. Um, I've been listening to all the shares and um, they've been absolutely wonderful and um, so meaningful to me. Um, And what I'm realizing is in my disease, um, I have to think that I know, I I have to know what to do and when to do it. And uh, what I'm realizing today is I really don't. Um, What I need to do is act on the 12 steps as they're written and rely on the big book um, as it's my gospel every day. And um, so today I have choices um, that even in my fear of never having shared before that I can pick up the phone and share Um, just that, that uh, I'm very unsure. Um, I'm coming back from relapse. I'm, um, abstinent for about a month and a half and um, I'm just grateful to be here and um, I thank you all for allowing me to share. Take care. Oh, thank you so much, Mary. Yeah, Um, we're happy to hear you for the first time along with Elizabeth. Welcome. Matthew G., you're up next and then we'll get another name or two. Go ahead, Matthew. Hi, my name is Matthew G, and I'm a compulsive overeater in France, originally from the United States. Um, and I'm super grateful to 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 have found you guys. This meeting is just incredible. I just um, I'm just so incredibly grateful. And um, I uh, today's uh, reading really wow, stung me in the face, especially when you're getting. Exactly at the wrong moment, you know. Um, I, um, you know, a couple of years ago, I, you know, I'm, I'm an actor, and I finally had arrived. I got the part of, you know, an actor's dream, you know, a major. Uh, I won't go into it, to, to, but um, you know, I, um, I just. Uh, did, just the the weight just started coming on and I wasn't fitting into the costume and they had to and as the months went by it was a you know a reoccurring thing and it was just it's just really horrendous and horrible to 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 you know look at the facts of what of what of what what of what happened but um I um I'm just so so grateful for 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 Overeaters Anonymous. I um I I came in in in, in, in um, late February and uh, you know thanks to 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 being led immediately on my day one uh, to uh, 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 something I found on YouTube a step one through three workshop given given by Melissa and Janet. And um, just amazing, and I just was able to listen to it like about five minutes. Just when I was led to this meeting on the first of May, 
and come every day since or listen, you know, recording as I, you know, can because of work. But just, you know, love and gratitude to all and I'm just super, super grateful. That's all. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew G. We have time for another share. Would someone like to, to step up? Or if you haven't shared before in the meeting, this is a good time to introduce yourself and share. Pedro B. Hey, Pedro. Go ahead, man. And Carrie A. Carrie A. All right, Pedro, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, good morning. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Thank you very much. Number one quest, uh, question, a vision for you, according to my friend Harlem G. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, you know, I loved what I heard. You know, and what I heard is that uh, my disease is very destructive. It destroys everything that is good in my life. And that I need to be vigilant. I need to be vigilant. I'm so grateful that today I'm not compulsive over eating. You know, uh, yesterday I didn't eat compulsively. Today I plan not to. You know, and, and, um, you know, the fact is that... uh, my disease is so cunning, buffering, and powerful that it somehow, it always convinces me and it tells me that it's okay, Pedro. You're not a compulsive overeater. You can enjoy and control the way you eat. Big Book is very clear, right? It tells me that it's the great obsession of every normal eater that someday, somehow, is going to be able to enjoy and control his eating. You know, and that's exactly what my disease has done for me. It's always convinced me. You know, and I'm so grateful to be clear. Like because like I heard in program, clarity leads to freedom. And freedom is what I want. You know, and and I am clear today that, you know, the promises, right? You wanna learn your freedom and your happiness, you wanna great if you work for them. See, I need to go to work. I need to roll up my sleeve and go to work on my recovery. Like my my friend Harlem G told me, Pedro, the only thing you can do is recover, recover, recover. When I make the recovery, the most important thing in my life, I feel happy, joyous, and free, which is my friend Janice B tells me that's God's will for us. I love you guys. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. Thank you, Pedro B. Um, I think we're about out of time. Did you? Uh, sorry if uh, if you didn't get to share and carry. I I realized that I lost track of time there. And uh, please share on the second hour. We are out of time now. Thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Monday, August fifteenth, twenty twenty two, is nineteen thousand two hundred ninety five. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Craig F. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. I sure will. Thanks, Rick. This is Craig F., recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation 
what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.